0: the time. hey what's going on who that nation it is yours truly tj jones the host of the state of the saints podcast and welcome to the state of the saints podcast live on youtube and on facebook thank you very much for tuning in got a good show lined up for you on this edition of the state of the saints podcast it is round number two of the worst quarterbacks in new orleans saints history that's right we are down to the final four and two of these individuals are going to move on to the final round of the worst quarterbacks in new orleans saints history so for those that just tuned in probably didn't check out the show last week we have four individuals that are straight up hot garbage okay Four of the worst quarterbacks that you're ever going to find, not only in the New Orleans Saints organization, but in NFL history. (laughs) Tonight, we have Danny Warfel going up against Wade Wilson. And we also have the battle of the Billy Joes. We got Billy Joe Hobart taking on Billy Joe Tolliver. Who is going to move on to the finals? We're going to find out later on in the show but I do want to say thank you all for checking out this live. I really do appreciate it. Thank you for spending your night with me. Um, It is crazy right now in South Carolina. I'm located in Myrtle Beach. The wind is blowing. The rain is falling. So I'm just going to go ahead and put this disclaimer out here, let everybody know that there is a strong possibility that the power can go out, okay? I mean, I'm just saying because the wind is blowing really hard right now. We got some tropical storm force winds out here so if the power does go out i do apologize and hopefully we'll be done with this show by the time that could possibly happen but i do want to say thank you all for checking out the show those that are in the chat right now i see a couple people filing in accordingly i see my boy johnny in here chemo what's going on donovan official young nola scooby-doo up in this thing john joe brian and ronald and my boy casual Dex. Uh, is in here as well and okay i'm seeing a few more people the truth hurts and uh johnny man thank y'all very much for checking out the live all right thank y'all so much got some good stuff lined up for this week too man so i got some good interviews for you all to enjoy uh this week we will have uh new orleans saints college football and uh pro analyst mike DeTelier will be on the show and we also have ESPN Saints national reporter Mike Tripley will be on the show, man. So very excited for this week of the State of the Saints podcast, man. Keep it locked right here. We're going to be breaking down uh, some of the news that is coming down the pipe. You know Mike Trippley, man, he's close to the hip with the New Orleans Saints. A lot of things are being implemented when it comes to training camp. So we're going to uh, be asking a lot of questions. Uh, from uh, to Mike and also to, uh, well, both of the mics <laughs> Mike Detea and Mike Triplet. So be sure you check out the State of the Saints podcast. And uh, thank you all so much for your love and your support. But let's go ahead and get this thing started, man. Let's go ahead and get started with the worst quarterbacks in New Orleans Saints history. Okay, first off, or first up, we have Wade Wilson taking on Danny Wolf. Okay, now these two guys right here, both guys were some guys that the Saints wanted to be starters for their team. Okay, you got Danny Wolf, who was a fourth-round pick coming out of the University of Florida, playing for the old ball coach Steve Spurrier. Pretty doggone good in college, okay? One of the best college quarterbacks that came out in the wild, man. You know what I'm saying? You can say what you want. But Danny Wolf had probably just as much fanfare. Just as much notoriety and fame as a young Tim Tebow did going to the University of Florida. I mean, Danny Wolfer was the man. I mean, he led them to a national championship game. They end up getting beat to sleep by the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Didn't have an answer for the read option when Tommy Frazier was there. Shouts out to my frat brother, Tommy Frazier. But Danny Wolfer did do some good things in college, put up some really big numbers, uh, had some records uh, at the University of Florida you know, uh, uh, they, they stood for quite some time before people, you know what I'm saying, came in in order to break them, you know what I'm saying, like uh, Chris Leak and all them other guys that came through. But Danny Waffle was the man. He got drafted in the fourth round, had a lot to do with the system that Steve Spurrier was running. Um, It's, it's funny to say that now because it seemed like everybody running the spread offense these days, but the spread offense was not ready for prime time at the time Danny Waffle came out of the University of Florida fourth-round draft pick, came to the Saints and really stunk it up, man. Really didn't do much, okay? I mean, the Saints did everything they possibly could to give him the job, okay? They, they even brought in riffraff like Billy Joe Hover and Billy Joe Tolliver, who we're going to get to later on, to try to, you know, push him forward. Say, man, look, this is your competition right here. Made it as comfortable as possible. They made it as comfortable as they possibly can for Danny Waffle, and he still – couldn't take over the starting job, man. Now I'm just saying this about Danny Waffle, the, the football player. Danny Waffle, the human being, was a great human being. Everybody knows how how uh, embedded he was into his faith. um He became a minister. uh He was a guy on a team that a lot of people look for 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 leadership and guidance. But when it came to the intangibles, when it came to the exit and the O's, that boy sucked. Okay. Throwing more picks than Razor Ramon, okay? Throwing more interceptions uh, than, man, than any other transmitter out here in the entire United States or uh, around the world. This guy was horrible, okay? This guy threw more turnovers or had more turnovers than your local bakery, okay? <laughs> it was horrible. And uh, now we got Wade Wilson. Wade Wilson was another guy that the Saints had as a starter. And I must say, Wade Wilson when he was a, a starter for the New Orleans Saints, did pretty doggone good, man, for the first five weeks of the season. Okay, the Saints went 5-0. and 0. That was the first time the Saints went 5-0 and 0 in franchise history. Wade Wilson was the quarterback. Wasn't lighting it up, wasn't throwing four and five touchdowns a game, but he wasn't turning the ball over. But this was the tale of two halves, okay? Because the first five games, the Saints looked pretty doggone good. I remember being a young kid, and I said this last week, I remember being a young kid on North Russia Blade Street out there in the night ward looking or listening to, because the Saints sucked at the time, the games weren't on TV. But I remember listening to the game, and I remember like all excited and stuff like that when the Saints went on the winning streak. I remember dancing in in the room with my big brother EJ, the Saints winning games. And then all of a sudden, they had one of the most epic collapses. you're ever going to see okay they started with 5-0 and and ended in 8-8 and classic dallas cowboy type stuff right here (laughs) classic dallas cowboy collapse tony romo style okay so the question on everybody's mind is who is going to move on to the finals is it going to be wade wilson or is it going to be danny wolf well the answer to that question is danny wolf okay danny wolf will be moving on to the finals of the worst quarterbacks in New Orleans Saints history. Look, like I said earlier, Danny Wolf is an incredible human being, okay? Great guy, embedded in his fate. I mean, there's not too many people have anything bad to say about Danny Wolf, and I kind of feel bad even talking about him because he's such a nice guy. But at the same time, you got to call a spade a spade. Wasn't very good, and the simple fact that the Saints drafted him, when you get drafted, that means that teams invest in you. That means that they've seen something in you that they felt like, man, you can contribute to this team. You can be something special. You can lead us. But he couldn't. All he did was throw interceptions, man, and make bad decisions. Now, you can make an argument that the Saints didn't have the best offensive line at the time. But you can't argue and say that the Saints had one of the greatest offensive linemen in NFL history, in Willie Roeth. And when Willie Rofe is, you know what I'm saying, on the offensive line for you and you still taking sacks, I have to say to you that you can't be that, that good, okay? And plus, he took too long to deliver the football. Bad decision-making. It was just absolutely a train wreck out there in New Orleans uh, when Danny Waffle was at the helm. So Danny Waffle will be moving on to the finals of the worst quarterbacks in Saints history, but we're gonna take a break and I want to hear from you all. Uh just let me know what you all think. Uh let's see what we got here. Um, I mean let me stroll down a little bit because I said quite a bit. TJ Jones, hope y'all are doing okay. Uh Jerry, we doing fine right now. Hot garbage That's right, man. Uh Steve Walsh. You might say Steve Walsh. Robert, Robert, the only reason I don't put Steve Walsh into this conversation is very, very simple. Okay. Anytime that you can lead a team to the playoffs on the threshold of the playoffs, I mean, you got to look at what the saints had and how garbage they were. Okay. I know a lot of people, we, we so happy today. We like, man, the saints, man, it cold bro. man. We up there going ham on Atlanta Falcon fans and Tampa Bay fans and Carolina fans and anybody else. They have something to say about the saints because the saints have been relevant for the past decade and a half. But at the same time, you have to remember the Saints sucked, okay, and there were a lot of moral victories going on in New Orleans, all right. And uh, the moral victory that that stands out to me was Steve Walsh on his run when Bobby Abel was in a contract dispute with the organization. He did lead the Saints to the playoffs, okay. Like we we can't we cannot dismiss that. So because he led the Saints to the playoffs and he did have some success, I could not move him. On to the next round, and not to mention Steve Walsh had his very own song. Did y'all not hear Steve Walsh, baby? Doom, 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 doom. Steve Walsh, baby, doom doom, 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 man, for real. So, anytime you get a theme song, I can't move you on, okay? <laughs> when well, you get your own theme song, man, you you certified, okay? No matter how garbage you were, if you get a theme song, I can't move on. That's 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 the that's the motto here on the State of Sales podcast. If you got a theme song, I can't move on. All right, <laughs> all right. So let let's see what we got here, man. I feel like I uh I missed a few people. Uh, Brian says, uh, why don't you give Stephen A. Smith on your show for an interview? Uh, Brian, um, the reason why I don't try to reach out to Stephen A. Smith, uh, a lot of people that you reach out to. Probably nine times out of ten don't even control their, their their Twitter handles. You know, you'll be surprised how many people have assistants and stuff like that. Uh, you know, uh, you know, doing their controlling their Twitter handles and controlling their Facebooks and stuff like that. I will reach out to them, but I don't think that Stephen A. Smith has enough knowledge about the New Orleans Saints in order for us to actually have a full conversation. I feel like I don't feel like it will be organic. I like to get people on a show that I know like the New Orleans Saints, and have a plethora of knowledge about the team, that invest in the team, that eat, sleep, and breathe the team, okay? That's what I want on the show. That's what I feel like the who that nation you all deserve. I don't want to just get people on the show because, oh, they're a big name. I want people on the show that actually like the team, that actually follow the team, not a, a person that probably has an intern that has to stay up all night to give them information for them to sound smart about a topic, but a person that actually sits down and watch the games and analyze them and really have an emotional investment in the team. Those are the type of people that I want on the State of the Saints podcast to interview because I want them to be as organic and as authentic as it gets when it comes to the New Orleans Saints. So no disrespect to Stephen A. Smith, He's an incredible man, incredibly talented, very knowledgeable about the the world of sports, but I don't feel like he's as knowledgeable about the Saints um, as some of these other people that I feel like would be great guests on the State of the Saints podcast. But that's a good question, Brian. Thank you, man. What's good, y'all? Good to tune in again. What up, TJ? Jack, thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, Inevitable says, Buccaneers are the AARP squad. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, man, Uh, shouts out to Tom Brady, man. Today is Tom Brady's birthday, so happy birthday to Tom Brady turning 43 years old. Uh, Say what you want to say about Tom Brady, man, but he is arguably one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Depends on, you know, your your particular taste uh, on quarterbacks, Uh, man. So I I can't take that away from him, man. Uh, Jim Everett let me down every Sunday. Uh, Yeah, Chris, uh, I mean, yeah, he did. But Jim Everett wasn't the worst, okay? I mean, he was bad, but he wasn't terrible, okay? Look at these guys behind me, okay? Look, Look at these guys. Like, just looking at those guys on the screen, okay? I'm looking at the camera right now, and when I don't look at the camera, I'm shifting toward the chat because I don't want to regurgitate all over my camera, okay? Because that's how garbage that was. I mean, so many bad memories when I look at these guys, all right? I mean, it, it's like ink blots, right? You ever go to the therapist or you've seen that on TV, you see the therapist with the ink blots, and they look at it and be like, they put up these pictures and they ask people, what do you see when you see this picture? When I look at that picture, the only thing that I think about is a horrible childhood and embarrassing moments, okay? Embarrassing moments that will last me a lifetime traumatic experiences that will last me a lifetime all right that is what i see when i look at that hot garbage behind me okay so jim Everett was bad but he wasn't that bad <laughs> uh let's see let's take a few more before we get back into the uh into the round here billy joe tolliver thank you very much for the five dollars he says please choose me i ain't never won nothing else in my whole life. <laughs> Billy Joe Tyler, but thank you so much for the $5, man. I have to say that I agree with you. And who knows? Maybe this will be your first time ever winning anything. Just stay tuned. Uh Brian says, because TJ knows how Stephen A. Smith rolls, especially when he yells, make your ears bleed. Yes, man. Uh I, I don't even, uh, that's not even a problem for me, Jerry, because, that's the entertainment aspect of it you know like he wants to be entertained he doesn't want to bore people to sleep i get that right if i were just sitting up here yeah this is tj jones the host of the state of the saints podcast and tonight i got a list and this list is going to decide who the best quarterback in Saints history is. Now, I mean, if I was talking like that, like, come on, man, would y'all want to listen or look at this? You'll be like, man, look, man, what else is on? Let me let me fire up the TV or something, you know? So I understand the entertainment aspect of it all, but I want people to know what they are talking about. That's my only problem. Just because you sound loud and you talk fast don't mean you know what you're talking about. And I don't feel like he has an emotional investment in the New Orleans Saints. Not enough to be... On the state of the saints podcast that's why I, that's that's what i never want to do for you all i never want to show you, ever okay not not when it comes to me doing these shows or bringing guests on the show you know I, I mean i don't even have shows if i knew i'm not going to give my all if i feel like i'm just going to half-ass it i'm not even gonna get behind the camera i'm not I want to give you all the best experience possible. I want to make sure I know what the heck I'm talking about. And I want to be able to deliver it with a level of enthusiasm. Now, there are some times when I'm tired, but I still try to push through and try to give my best. That's what I want for guests, and that's what I want as, as a host of the State of the Saints podcast. So that's one of the reasons, not so much the yelling, not so much the yelling, uh Jerry. Uh, let me see. Danny wolf was straight garbage and this is a make or break year we have too much talent as superstars to screw up again in january i'm gonna get i'm gonna get to that a little bit later we're gonna be talking a little bit about the season and we're gonna be talking about some of the roster cuts and stuff like that we had a show earlier and i had to cut it short man it's been crazy Uh, like y'all some of you may know i work at a radio station I'm i'm a dj and uh you know sometimes you know when you have storms and and, you know, different information comes out. You have to make quick announcements. Uh, you you got to be able to go live on a dime. So it was pretty crazy this afternoon, but I wanted to make sure I give you all, you know, something. OK, because I know I talked to casual decks uh, via inbox. Uh, he asked me about the show. Shouts out to my boy, Dex. Always keeping your boys on his P's and Q's. So I wanted to give you all a little something. You know what I'm saying? And not to mention, you know, I feel so bad for the weekend. I told Josh I was going to do a show as well. So I didn't want to go three straight uh days without at least giving a show okay so wanted to give you all something you know what i'm saying but we're gonna be talking about that a little bit later um in the show we're gonna be talking a little bit about a make or break year so we'll revisit that Ren, um when we get a chance bro uh let's see joe says who that tj hope you and your family are safe yeah we good now man um i'm the only one that's actually up right now My son is asleep, which uh, the reason why I I, I started the show like around 930 Eastern time tonight, because um, he didn't want to sleep, man. He was a little bit cranky. So I had to uh, open uh, I had to open the door, you know, what I'm saying for him to see the wind and the rain. And we saw rain, rain go away till he fell asleep. You know <laughs> and then my girl, man, for some apparent reason, stayed up all night last night cleaning up. So <laughs> she didn't get any sleep, man. And uh, I think she only got like four hours of sleep. And y'all already know, man, you know what I'm saying? If you've been in a relationship for a long time or you stay with somebody, man, or you marry, You already know. Okay. If, if your girl don't get that much sleep, you know, the, it, it's going to be some trouble. Okay. Gonna, you know, it's going to be pretty cranky. So I wanted to make sure, you know, I, I stayed up and stuff like that, took care of uh, Paxton, you know, while she get the opportunity to sleep, man, you know what I'm saying? It's, a, it, it, it's levels and there's a balance to this, right? You know what I'm saying? We got a co-parent in this thing. So, um, you know, I want to make sure I do that. So yeah, but everybody sleep except me. Uh I lived through the decades of suck. Yeah, yeah. I think I think a lot of people did, man. I mean, I knew some people right off, right off bat, man. You know what I'm saying? People like uh, you know, people like Jerry, uh, people like Dwayne, people like King Arthur, you know, chemo, you know, and people like that that been Saints fans for a long time. And I apologize if I don't mention others, you know, but Those are the people that kind of stick out when it comes to like being, you know, Saints fans for a long time and and had to deal with some of this hot garbage. Okay. So yeah. Let's see. But let's get back into let's get back into the round, folks. Let's get back into the round. All right. So let's go ahead and focus on the battle of the Billy Joes. Okay, we got Billy Joe Hobart taking on Billy Joe Tolliver. First off, what are the chances of two quarterbacks named Billy Joe, okay? And not to mention, being on the same team, Billy Joe. Billy Joe Hobart was a guy that the Saints appointed as a starter, okay? Billy Joe Hobart was a quarterback for the Saints. Um, Did okay, I guess, you know what I'm saying, until he ended up getting injured. Had to miss the entire season towards the killer's tendon. And in comes Billy Joe Tolliver. These two guys right here, you, you would think at the time when Mike Digger was the coach, it was as if you had Joe Montana or Steve Young on your team, okay? Because that's how the media were trying to approach this. What Billy Joe is going to play? What's Billy Joe going to play? Let me make something perfectly clear. Didn't matter what Billy Joe that you put in a game no matter if you put in Billy Joe Hobart, no matter if you put in Billy Joe Tolliver, you can even put in Billy Joe Sanders. For all my boxing fans out there, you know who I'm talking about. You can put in Billy Joe Clampett if they even had a Billy Joe Clampett. You can put in any Billy Joe you wanted, you would have got the same result. Horrible football playing, whole bunch of interceptions, a bunch of sacks, and a lot of upset Saints fans. Billy Joe Hobart, what in the hell was Mike Dicker thinking going to sign this guy? Which leads me to my next point. Mike Dicker was one of the worst coaches and decision makers in Saints and NFL history. The biggest fraud in NFL history. As a player, Mike Dicker was the man. One of the greatest tight ends to ever play at the game, played for the Dallas Cowboys, played for the Philadelphia Eagles. Pretty damn good. Okay. Really good, really good tight end. Hall of Fame tight end. Went to the Chicago Bears, led the 85 Bears, but I feel like he was more sizzle than steak. Buddy Ryan, one of the greatest defensive coordinators of all time, one of the greatest coaches of defense of all time, the godfather of the 46 defense, led the 85 Bears. Okay. Mike Dicker was just a coach on the sidelines with a sweater vest, okay? That, that was it. That's all he was. He was a coach with some decent hair and a sweater vest. Buddy Ryan led that team, and without Buddy Ryan, we wouldn't even be talking about Mike Dicker, okay? We wouldn't even be talking about him. He came to the New Orleans Saints, and I remember the, the whole slogan, this year we're made of iron because Iron Mike Dicker was there, which is like one of the cheesiest slogans. You ever going to find Ugh. straight up cheesy, but this year we're made of iron. Turns out that the Saints were made of cotton because that's how soft they were with Billy Joe Hobart and Billy Joe at quarterback. Billy Joe uh, Hobart threw a bunch of interceptions. Didn't know what you were going to get a mixed bag. Sometimes he'll play decent, but that was during the time when the Saints had a running game. People had like, they had like Ray Zellers and, and Mario Bates and crew. And then you had Billy Joe Tolliver, who played okay, and all the only reason why he played okay because he got the right Fitzpatrick treatment. Nobody expected him to play well. Nobody knew his tendencies, but show sure enough. When teams realized, wait a minute, hold up, time out. We playing against Billy Joe Tolliver? No, 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 no. I can't lose to somebody named Billy Joe Tolliver. I can't. So they went out there and they blitzed this fool and this guy could not read a defense with a magnifying glass. So who is going to move on to the final round? Ladies and gentlemen, we got a first. OK, for the first time in the state of the same podcast history, we got two individuals that are going to move on to the final round. That's right. We're going to pick not two, but three quarterbacks that are going to move on to the finals because lord have mercy both of these guys were equally trash. you can basically put these guys together especially since they named billy joe you might as well just say the billy joes okay because you can combine these two guys together transformer style and they still could not evolve into a decent quarterback so both of these guys are going to move on to the final round that's right ladies and gentlemen Three individuals we got Danny Waffle and the Billy Joe's, Billy Joe Tolliver, and Billy Joe Hobart. On next week, one of these three guys are going to be named the worst quarterback in New Orleans Saints history, and I'm excited about it. So, I want to hear from you all what do you think about the list? Do you think that it's justified that both of these guys move on to the final round? Or do you feel like that's just a cop out on my end? <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and read the chat a little bit, see what everybody has to say here. Uh, let's let's throw down a tad bit because I know I said a, a, a quite a bit here. Um, let's see. Danny Waffle was horrible. Yes, he was. Absolutely horrible. Y'all, y'all see at the bottom of the screen down there, you see him getting sacked right there. That, that was the story of Danny Waffle's life, okay? Ups and downs. Mostly downs in the Saints uniform, okay. TJ's unusual background. Thank you very much for the two dollars. Says you're treating me like some used wallpaper right now, uh. Because honestly, I mean it don't get more used than this, okay. I mean, come on, man, give me a break. I mean, this is used, washed up. I mean, under your under your shoe type tissue paper type uh, uh stuff behind me right now. So yeah. I would still watch, if you talk like that, Saints football, my brother. Yeah, inevitable, but at the same time, man, uh, I think I couldn't be like that. I don't think I can talk like Ben Stein and uh, still, uh, you know, I guess, like, have the attention of the That Nation. Well, probably you're inevitable because, I mean, you're the man. You know what I'm saying? You're always looking out for your boy. But, I mean, I couldn't talk like Ben Stein. Uh, I don't know some of you know who Ben Stein is, but if you ever seen the movie Ferris Bueller Day Off, uh, he was the, the, the teacher that was in summer school saying Bueller, Bueller. that's, that's Ben Stein. Okay. So, uh, let's see, uh, state of saints podcast. Shout out to my friend, Anna Marie. Uh, that's my good buddy. Much love to her, man. Shouts out to Anna, you know, Anna always uh, a part of the state of saints podcast. I see her chiming in from time to time. So thank you. Uh, Billy Joe Hobart was terrible. Yes, he was, okay? That's the reason why he's moving on to the finals with the other Billy Joe. Uh, let's see, the Billy uh, would beat out either Billy Joe. Who was that, uh, Baril, Billy Baru would beat out uh, either Billy Joe. I'm pretty sure he would. Lord have mercy. Billy Joe Hover was hot. Gabbage. Yes, he was. Michael Jackson Billy Joe is not my lover okay a uh, shout out to Michael Jackson for the two dollars that was my that was my best Michael Jackson impression Billy Joe you can you imagine Michael Jackson as the coach of the Saints be like Mike what do you think about the defense today well yeah, I, I thought we prayed pretty good um you know like I think that but we could we did a little better in the secondary. I I, I couldn't imagine that though, but anyway, rest in peace to Michael Jackson. Uh, Ballman didn't start, uh, but was still garbage, yeah, yeah, he was, yeah, yeah. He didn't really make the cut because I mean, didn't really see a a huge body of work from him. (laughs) Mike Dicker, yeah, absolutely right. Mike Dicker, smoke and mirrors. Billy Joel says. Heck, you could have even started me. Yeah, I, I probably could have started uh, Billy Joe, but hey, probably would have did a better job than any of the is I just named. Jerry, what's going on, man? Says, uh, worst quarterback in Saints history, I would have to say Steve Walsh or John 4K. Uh, John 4K almost made the list. Steve Walsh, once again, Jerry, I cannot put a guy who had a song. I cannot have him move alone. Okay. If you got a song, you can't move on. Okay, that, that, that's the slogan. Okay. Can't have no song. And maybe he shula. did put he Shula on the list Jared because he wasn't a saint starting out. Um, he started out with the Redskins. Uh, most of uh his, his hot garbage performances came in a Redskins uniform and the whole battle with Gus Farrat, okay. You know, all that and watched it and Gus We Trust and all that kind of stuff. So That's the reason I didn't move him on to the next round. All three of them were straight, hot, cheap garbage, and Mike Trash Dicker was trash when it came to evaluating talent. Dicker stink. Yep. I said it, man. Dicker was a fraud. Okay? Mike Dicker was the biggest fraud in NFL history. The only reason nobody really looks at him that way is because he was a great player and he won a Super Bowl. And when you win a Super Bowl, all of a sudden, you know, people kind of Become solid because they like well, he did win a ring, but if it wasn't for Buddy Ryan, we wouldn't even be talking about Mike Dick as a coach. Uh, the putter in the, the putter and Caddyshack was called okay. I never seen Caddyshack, you know what I'm saying? Believe it or not, I never seen it, you know what I'm saying? I know the movie with Rodney Dangerfield in there, but I never seen a movie. I know it's a, a cult classic, but um, I never, I've never seen a movie. Uh, State of Saints podcast, correction O'Brien. <laughs> Bill O'Brien, Billy Joe Hover should be the winner, hands down. Man, we gonna see. Man, we got, I mean, whoo, a lot of garbage on that list. I mean, I don't think you could go wrong with either one, in my honest opinion. All the quarterbacks up there on your list, uh, I or Trailer Park trash TJ can play better than them. I'm pretty sure I could, man. I'm pretty sure I could throw a couple more touchdowns to any one of those guys. Could you know what I'm saying? And I, I didn't even play quarterback, okay. okay. And probably most of those passes probably gonna be over there in the Gatorade, you know, <laughs> because I'm not the most accurate uh thrower of the football that you ever gonna see. But I'm pretty sure I could have played better than any one of those guys. Uh, Jared Poor Anna giving you a shout out there, so you know, shouts out to both of you, man, being a part of the show. So, man, we're gonna sw- uh, we're gonna switch gears here. So, if you have any questions that don't pertain to the worst quarterbacks in Saints history or pertain to the list, that's fine. You can um ask your questions in the chat. But we are going to move on because we're going to finish up the conversation that we had earlier about uh, some of the cuts that the New Orleans Saints made on today. Uh, some in particular were, uh, were Christian Hogan, um, the wide receiver that came um later in the season last year, and Tommy Lee Lewis. Uh, he was also a guy that was cut. And the guy that a lot of people ask me about, XFL, uh, leader in interceptions, uh, Dietrich about ha- uh, Dietrich, <laughs> Dietrich Nichols. Dietrich Haddon, I'm thinking about the, the the gospel singer. But anyway, uh, Dietrich Nichols. Uh, so, <laughs> so those were the guys that kind of stood out to me as far as, like, guys that, you know, a lot of people looked at and was like, wow, these guys got cut. Uh, Christian Hogan did some good things in the Saints uniform, wasn't, mostly about catching it was mostly about uh pass blocking that's the reason why i feel like the saints actually had him in because he was a decent blocker and he can help in a running game on the outside on some of those halfback tosses that alvin kamara latavius murray had to get uh tommy lee lewis was just a late pickup for roster uh you know roster depth um, because he knew the system and everything like that i knew it was going to be a long shot for tommy lee uh all that talent on the Saints. you know, in the Saints wide receiver room, I felt like he was going to be a casualty of war. So that didn't too much surprise me. Uh, Dietrich Nichols was a guy that played in the XFL, which uh, I just found out today that The Rock ended up uh, becoming a part owner of the XFL. So that's very interesting. But I mean, uh, Dietrich Nichols did, uh, you know, lead the XFL in interceptions, but I just felt like with the, you know, with no OTAs, no mini camp. I mean, to try to make that transition and try to learn the defense of the New Orleans Saints in training camp, really the way that training camp is set up, you can't have any weak links, man. And you really, unless you like have some rookies or something like that, I don't think teams really have time to try to bring guys up to speed. So I think that he was one of those casualties as well. You know, I think that if he probably would have had some OTAs, some mini camps coming in and out the facility and stuff like that in the offseason, Getting some workouts in, uh, getting a re, a rapport with some of the coaching staff probably would have sticked around, but didn't stick around. Um, end up getting cut, and I think he probably going to end up getting picked up by another team. So, uh, those are the guys that stood out to me. Um, some of the other guys that were on the list, uh, I think they had the running back out of uh out of Notre Dame. That was a long shot. Uh, uh Cumberlander, he was a uh he was a long shot as defensive end. The Saints are pretty deep at that position. Have a decent rotation. So, I mean, these guys right here didn't really, didn't really stand out to me, kind of understood why. The Saints trying to get their roster down to 80 guys, and they want to make sure that they have the right 53 on this team. And I think they're probably going to allow teams to add or bring in a couple more players due to the pandemic. So the Saints want to make sure that they have the right pieces in place, really don't have time to be lollygagging and pussyfooting around when it comes to the roster. You want to make sure that you have the right guys, especially – since you only have a few weeks to actually get started. And training camp is not going to be that long. Um, I think the Saints are going to be in helmets and shells starting August 12th. Um, The the players still have to pass the strength and conditioning test. So that ought to be interesting, man, because this is a really – this is an honest system um, this season, man. Teams have to really trust in these players this offseason to, to, uh, you know – for them to go out and and practice and work out on their own. They got to have the confidence in these guys that they actually did the right thing. So, you know, the strength and conditioning test is going to be tough. So I'm interested to see how guys are going to be able to pan out who is going to pass, who is going to fail, what guy took care of their bodies, what guy took care of their endurance and strength in the off season. So that's going to be very, very interesting, man. So, but what do you guys think about the cuts? Anybody on the list surprise you? do do you think that some of the, some of the players on the list were a mistake on the Saints' part? Let me know. Uh, Josh and Jesus says in Dicker's defense, no one could have turned the Saints around at the time. Vince Lombardi uh, himself couldn't have turned that team around. I can I, I have to disagree with that, Josh. I have to disagree with that. I just feel like Mike Dicker was a guy that wanted to be a star. Okay, that that's what I got from Mike Dicker. Mike Dicker was an attention. Uh, he was an attention hound. And, a, and the word hound is not the word I want to use. I just try to keep it as PG as possible on the State of the Saints podcast, like I said last week. He's an attention hound. He wants all the attention on himself, even with the whole Ricky Williams trade. He was the guy that was behind the Ricky Williams trade. He is the guy that's forever going to be cemented in the in time the guy that brought in Ricky Williams when he traded in all the draft picks. Mike Dick is the same coach back with the Chicago Bears. He didn't allow his players to actually do commercials and endorsements. He will go into the locker room and tell them, look, we need to be focused on football. Meanwhile, he had about a million commercials and endorsement deals in his own right. Mike Dickel loved the attention. He loved the spotlight. And I feel like he came into town and he felt like he was just bigger than the Saints organization, and then put the, that much work in. I think he was more of a nostalgia act, if you ask me, a guy that just basically rested on his laurels uh, with the with the '85 Bears, and and I just felt like he really didn't um, put the effort in the time into trying to turn the Saints around. And you combine that with the front office of the New Orleans Saints, um, who couldn't pick a good coach if they had Vince Lombardi, Rich Kotite and and uh bill walsh as this as their group of guys they could select they'll probably go get rich co tight. if those don't know what rich co-type is look them up and i'm pretty sure if it, it had a jets fan in here somewhere they'll probably be shivering in the corner right now at the very name of rich co-type but anyway you know they, their front office was pretty horrible at the time so you combine that with mike dicker being smoking mirrors i just felt like it wasn't the right fit for the saints That's that's just my honest opinion. Uh, Jim Haslett, uh, what is the worst coach in Saints history? Did not like him at all. He straight garbage, never did nothing for the team. That's why the team failed, sorry to say that. Whoa, wait a minute now. Wait, 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 a wait, 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 wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait a minute. Oh, look, Jim Haslett was not, Jim Haslett was not the worst coach in New Orleans Saints history. I would say he's the third best coach in Saints history. You got Sean Payton, you got Jim Moore, and then you got Jim Hassler, and then you got everybody else, okay? I mean, Jim Hassler was a a really decent coach for the New Orleans Saints. The Saints always had a respectable defense. Really didn't do much on the offensive side of the ball, but he definitely not one of the worst coaches in Saints history. Not at all. Uh, Good, they were camp bodies. Yeah, pretty much. They were camp bodies that the Saints decided to cut. We had four weeks, uh four week quarterbacks, they're on your list. Now they came to train the cap, didn't learn nothing. Played the game the right way for quarterbacks on your list. This is a darn shame. Uh wait a minute. You said they they didn't learn to play the game the right way for quarterbacks on your list. That's a doggone shame. Well, let me let me tell you something, Brian. You cannot teach a guy how to be a good quarterback you can't you know what I'm saying you can teach a guy how to be a good decision maker you can teach a guy uh to let the game come to him and allow the game to slow down a tad bit but you cannot teach a guy how to be a good quarterback it's something in you okay it's something that you're born with the leadership the intangibles the skill, the athleticism that is what you're born with in order for you to play the quarterback position I think people get the wrong idea when it comes to evaluating quarterbacks. A quarterback is a guy who has those skills already. The coach's job is to amplify and maximize those skills that that quarterback possesses. So if the quarterback is not that good, there's not a coach in the world. There's not a Belichick. There's not a Walsh. There's not a Lombardi. There's not an Eric there's not a. There's not a coach on this side of the Western hemisphere that will be able to teach a guy how to be a good quarterback. You just can't. A guy has to be born with it. A guy has to want it. And I don't think these guys really wanted it, man. And if they did want it, they really just didn't have the skills and the the know-how to get it done. So I'm not going to blame that on a coaching staff. I am going to blame the coaching staff ever for bringing this hot garbage up in here and expecting these guys to lead anybody anywhere these guys couldn't lead a horse to water okay these guys couldn't lead a guy to the next block if they were on the next block okay that is what I look at when I look at these guys these guys were not leaders they were not good throwers of the football they were not good decision makers and they were just a waste of time space and place okay you could have did better going out here and getting Jim Falco from the replacement. You could have went out here and got Steaming Willie Beeman. And you know what I'm saying? You could have got one of them and it could have played better. You could have went go get, uh, you know, Mox, you know what I'm saying? From (laughs) Varsity Blues. You could have got all those guys out there and I guarantee you, you probably would have had better performances than Billy Joe Hobart, Billy Joe Tolliver, and Danny Waffle, okay? I would have traded everything that I had to go out here and get Jim Falco from the replacements or Willie Beeman to to um, get to come to play for the New Orleans Saints, then to go get some of this hot garbage that was displayed on the field back in the late 90s, straight up. <laughs> What's going on, Kid Rasco man? Uh, Shouts out to you, man. Appreciate those stars there. Ramsey says, who was the worst, Mike Dick or Bum Phillips? Oh, man. Oh, man, that was tough, okay? That, that was a tough one right there, but I'm going to have to go ahead and go – uh i'm gonna go with mike dicker man um bump phillips was a really good guy but i think he tried to turn the saints into uh houston Oilers light he went out there and got earl campbell when earl campbell was way over the hill and way past his prime and um you know bump phillips was a really good defensive minded coach so i'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt man and not to mention man i love the hats okay i love 10 gallon hats of bump phillips always wearing that nice little coat on the sidelines with the fur on there you know what i'm saying and, um, you know, I, I'm a fan of his son, man. I like Wade Phillips, okay? I like Wade Phillips. I think Wade Phillips is an incredible defensive coordinator and a, and, a, and a good human being, man. Love love to see Wade Phillips coach defense. I was surprised to see uh, Taylor Starward release. Uh, Donovan, I wasn't. You know, like when you look at um, the interior lineman position right now with the New Orleans Saints, pretty deep position, man. You got Malcolm Brown. You got Sheldon Rankins. You got... Mario Edwards, you got David Avumato. I mean, you you got so many guys that you can plug into that particular spot, man. You got depth at that, that interior line position. So I, I didn't see Taylor Starward. And if you notice, man, you didn't really see oh, yeah, I forgot about Shy Tuttle as well. So you really didn't see Taylor Starward take the field because shy Tuttle was emerging as that guy. Would not surprise me at all if I see an uptick of Shy Tuttle snaps. Okay, it depends on how Shai Tuttle took care of himself in the offseason, how he got at it in the offseason without the coaching staff looking at him. So if you notice, Taylor Stalwart went from being dressed in uni to actually sitting on the sidelines with the with a hoodie on. So that tells you everything that you need to know right there. Shy Tuttle emerged. Taylor Stalwart kind of fell to the back of the line. So it didn't surprise me at all, uh, Donovan, that he actually got cut. But uh, shouts out to Taylor Starward. He'll he'll bounce back, and I think a team will pick him up, man. Because he does some pretty good, pretty good things. In my in my knowledge, Sean Payton, and Drew Brees. I like Batman and Robin. That's how good they are together. Uh, yeah, man. But um, Batman and Robin, man, they need to go ahead and catch that Joker. You know what I'm saying? Because the Joker has been getting away. The Riddler has been getting away. The Penguin, uh, Poison Ivy, uh, Bane, and all these other cats they were chasing are getting away. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I'm still waiting for the next episode to come. You know what I'm saying, y'all? If you ever watched uh, Batman with Adam West and, you know what I'm saying, (laughs) and Robin, you know what I'm saying, like, you already know, like, they always leave you with a cliffhanger every week, and they're like, doomed? Is this the end of the great crusader and the boy wonder? That's the the way I think with the Saints. I'm like, playoffs, (laughs) lose again. Will the Saints ever get over the hump? You know what I'm saying? Like, I have to be the narrator. That's what I'm thinking about. So that's the Batman and Robin I'm looking at these days. You know what I'm saying? I'm still waiting for the next episode to come on. You know what I'm saying? I'm still waiting for the the, the, the same bat time, the same bat channel. You know what I'm saying? I'm still looking for the same Saints time, the same Saints channel. Because honestly, I'm looking at a rerun right now. For three straight years, I'm looking at the New Orleans Saints out there losing winning and, and losing games that matters most so i'm waiting for these cape crusaders that we have to actually prevail because quite frankly i'm tired of looking at these same reruns over and over again i'm, I'm just gonna be real with you, straight up okay but i think that they uh need to get over this hump batman and robin need to uh go ahead and uh be victorious but uh man the saints they, they have some really good guys on this team man they got some very intriguing matchups that are going to take place in draining camp. Uh, number one, to me, this is this is my number one uh, uh, competition, is going to be who is going to be the number three receiver. It's crazy now. First off, we were talking about the number two receiver for years, right? And Now we're up here focusing on the number three receiver. Will Traquan Smith be the number three receiver for the Saints, or will somebody else emerge? Will we see Deontay Harris? Uh, you know, Will we see Emmanuel Butler? Uh, will we see Austin Carr? Will we see... Uh, you know, a, a long shot, a young un- undrafted rookie, Marquise Calloway or Jawan Johnson. Will one of these guys actually step up and take the spot? Look, you can make an argument and say that this could be Trey Smith last season as a New Orleans Saint. And you can get a little bit more bold with your prediction and say there's a possibility that he can get cut if he don't go out there and he don't perform well. So Traquan Smith, uh, by no means, can come into training camp and feel like he is going to be a starter of being a be a part of the rotation for the New Orleans Saints there's a strong possibility he could be on the outside looking in especially if he continues to be lost in the shuffle and not be able to be counted on in games okay I mean there are times where I even I forget that Traquan Smith is even on the field so Trey Smith is gonna have to step it up Uh, we had John DeShays on the show last week and John was talking about how much talent Trey Smith has. And I'm not taking that away from Traquan. Kwan. probably does have a lot of talent. But it's very hard to see as a Saints fan from time to time. The guy just goes ghost. He becomes invisible. You're wondering where he at. You're looking out there on the field. You're looking hard. You're trying to make sure that he's still out there because he does absolutely nothing. And I'm not saying that he's not tough. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he catches some tough passes. Most of the passes that he catch are in traffic, and he really pays the price to catch them. I will say that. But at the same time, man, what happens when you're not going out there and going on suicide missions? I mean, what's up with your route running? Why you can't get separation from the cornerbacks and the safeties? Why you can't, uh, you know what I'm saying, manipulate the defense? Why can't you read the defense? Why can't you know what the soft spots are in the defense? I'm questioning the IQ of Traquan Smith right now. I'm questioning his IQ as a wide receiver in the National Football League. I I, I really am, man. So he's going to have to step it up because when you start looking at guys going into year three, year four of, of, of their careers, and you still are stuck in limbo with those guys, you're wondering to yourself, like, man, what do I actually have here in year three or year four? You have to start questioning guys' football IQ. How long are they staying up looking at film? Are they falling asleep with the binder on their face because they're so exhausted and looking at the playbook? I'm questioning Traquan Smith's ability to be able to understand different defenses. It's been on several occasions. I've watched Drew Brees actually have to call a timeout because Trey Smith doesn't understand the audibles of uh, knowing where to shift. It's been several times I've seen Drew Brees uh, call in number 10 in order for him to rotate from right to left or uh, left to right. I'm questioning this guy's footwork. I'm questioning this guy's hands coming off the line, um, allowing cornerbacks and safeties to jam him and getting the best of the matchup. Traquan Smith is going to have to step it up if he is going to be that number three receiver because there's a lot of hungry guys out there that want to be a starter. And they're looking at Traquan Smith and they're looking at his production and they're thinking to themselves, you know what? That can be my spot right there. I can take that spot. We already know we got Mike. We already know we got Emmanuel. I can be that next guy. Traquan Smith could lose his job if he does not step it up. And quite frankly, man, as a as a member of the Hootay Nation and, and a person that they're really focusing in on the Saints, I'm really getting tired of looking at Traquan Smith not living up to expectations. This guy was, a, you know what I'm saying, a, a pretty relatively high draft pick. And, you know, for the fact that he has not done absolutely nothing, you know what I'm saying, to really hang your hat on. He had a couple good games, you know what I'm saying, a game against the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, you know what I'm saying, a game against the Washington Redskins where, you know, he was the the person that caught the ball to break the record for Drew Brees. And I I get it. But at the same time, man, we got to count on you every Sunday at least to get about three or four catches, at least. get about 40 or 50 yards a game like come on man give me a break like come on man you're a veteran now the game should have slowed down for you no excuses the excuses are over the excuses are over in my opinion for traquan smith if he does not step it up then we need to be talking about maybe replacing him with somebody else uh what up tj985 live thank you very much for checking out the live uh angel gill says uh, hi, please pray for me. I have seizures and a heart attack and a stroke. Oh, man, um, we will be praying for you, Angel. You know, we pray that uh, the Angel Protection protect you, you know, and you keep you well and everything like that. I really do appreciate it, you know, that you're checking out the live, and you definitely will be in our prayers, man, definitely. Uh, Smith, job will be taken by a wide receiver that the Saints just picked up uh could be you know it could be Deontay Harris man it could be Emmanuel Butler could be one of those guys uh Jerry Amen brother he disappeared in a game yeah he definitely does that quite a bit Traquan Smith needs to step up or step out and let some who understands the offense I agree man you know what I'm saying I feel like he just needs to step it up there's no excuses you can make for Traquan Smith anymore there's no excuses for that no excuses for Trey Smith anymore. You can't say, oh, man, Trey you know, what, what you doing? Like, you can't do that now. He has to step it up. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I'm probably going to have to cut this uh, episode a little bit short as well because I'm seeing the lights flickering right now, and the wind is blowing pretty hard. So I don't want the power to go out by the time we end the show. So we're going to take uh, – I'm probably going to take one more question, and then we're going to go ahead and get up out of here. And I do apologize once again. Tropical storm, uh, Isaias is, is, uh, is making its way to the Carolina, So, got a lot of wind and a little bit of rain out there. So, I apologize. I have to cut the uh, show short. But, um, the last question is going to come from Mike. He says, TJ, your thoughts on AB? You think Sean Payton might consider signing him? Your thoughts, Sean, was interested before this year. I just came in. Uh, thank you, Mike, uh, for checking out uh, the, the podcast. Thank you for showing up. I'll answer some. I, I want to answer some more of these questions. I'll answer them all together. Hey, TJ, when you had John DeShays on last week, the two main questions I was waiting on were number one, are the Saints looking at Griffin or Clowney? Number two, will we see them run the ball this year? Um, Ramsey, those are two good questions right there. I'll make sure I ask Mike Triplett that. I feel like Mike Triplett is a guy that probably be best to ask the question, especially about Clowney, since he's like the Saints insider right there. So I'll make sure I ask him that question um, this week, okay? And, Ramsey, uh, if you could, man, if you can uh, send me the question on Facebook, facebook facebook.com, search the State of the Saints podcast or stateofthesaints uh, at gmail.com, you can send me that question so I won't forget, man, when I um, I interview him. But that's a good question right there. So I'll make sure I ask him that. But back to Mike's question, uh, should the Saints consider uh, looking at Antonio Brown? Uh, yeah, I I really do, man. You know, you already know that he's going to miss eight games, so he'll come back like midway through the season. Uh, you know, so when you're trying to go on that playoff run, you know, he can actually be ready to rock and roll. Uh, but I do think that the way that he actually came to the Saints organization last year, the fact that he came in with the camera crew, uh, the fact that he came in, uh, where Sean Payton and stuff like that told him not to bring in a whole bunch of people, he did it anyway. Uh, He filmed inside the facility, Uh, you know what I'm saying? He was out there all up in the street and stuff like that in New Orleans. I think it it, it wasn't a good look. So he has a lot of talent, but uh, teams have to know that they can actually trust a guy in the locker room and make sure that he's not a locker room cancer. So A.B., and and you have to also have to look at the fact that you have Michael Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders on the team, guys that want to get the majority of, of the of the throws you know what i'm saying the pass is being thrown at him so i mean how is he going to uh i mean how is he going to take that the fact that he won't be the number one guy so i don't know you know what i'm saying he has all the talent that you want in a wide receiver and i think a team is going to pick him up but i do think he's like a one-man show you know what i'm saying i could see him possibly playing for the jets or something like that you know going out there to new york where there's a big market a guy he can he can maximize his, his attention, you know what I'm saying, that he, he wants to get on himself. So I don't know if the Saints will pick him up, you know. I mean, I think when the Saints actually looked at him, I think it left a bad taste in the mouth of the Saints organization the way that he came in. But um, I want to say thank you all for checking out the State of the Saints podcast. Once again, I apologize. I just want to make sure I get off by the time the power could possibly go out. I don't want to just uh, end the show abruptly like that, so want to say thank you all for your questions. Thank you all for tuning in. If you have not already, please subscribe to the YouTube channel, YouTube.com, search The State of the Saints podcast. Also, Facebook.com, search The State of the Saints podcast. Audio version available on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio.com. Y'all check it out. And uh, thank you all for supporting The State of the Saints podcast. And I look forward to uh, you all later on in a week when we have guest Mike Dettier, and ESPN insider Mike Triplett will be on the show, so thank you all. Hopefully, I see you all there, uh, you know, and being a part of that show, and uh, you all have a good and a a safe night, and for those listeners that are in the Carolinas, you be safe as well. Till next time, all I gotta say is, who they.